Hi everyone, welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Joanne. And I'm Kim. And today we have Dr. Magdalena Maggie Cadet, who is a clinical board certified rheumatologist based in New York City. Dr. Cadet received her undergraduate degree at Georgetown University and her medical degree from Drexel University School of Medicine in Philadelphia. She went on to complete an internal medicine residency at Yale New Haven Hospital and then a fellowship in rheumatology at New York University Hospital for Joint Diseases. After completing her fellowship, Dr. Cadet was appointed as the director of rheumatology at New York Presbyterian Queens Hospital, as well as Director of Student Education, which she held prior to moving on to Duke University Medical Center. Dr. Cadet relocated back to the New York City area in 2014, where she has been in private practice. Dr. Cadet is currently an associate attending at NYU Lagoni Medical Center. She is an athlete and completed the Shapes Women's Half Marathon, wow, for the sixth time in April 2019 in honor of women battling bone and joint disease, lupus, and other autoimmune diseases. Dr. Cadet has been featured in Essence, Huffington Post, Pop Sugar, and Shape Magazine. Welcome, Dr. Cadet. Welcome, Dr. Cadet. We are so happy to have you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be talking about my favorite subject, rheumatology. Mm-hmm. I am a rheumatologist, which is a doctor that specializes in autoimmune diseases and arthritis Mm. and other musculoskeletal disorders. So anything that affects the muscles and joints, tendons and ligaments. I am a Mm -hmm. rheumatologist Mm. in New York City, and I completed my training at Yale New Haven Hospital for Residency and NYU Hospital for Joint Diseases for Fellowship. And Mm -hmm. I've just been in private practice, but I've also been involved in academics and teaching and now mm-hmm. mentoring medical students. That is totally awesome. I love to hear the mentoring part, like giving back is always awesome. So what is rheumatology though? Let Explain to us, what, what is that? Yes, that is the number one question I get all the time. So as I said before, a rheumatologist is an internal medicine doctor, but we specialize mm-hmm. in disorders that deal with the immune system mm-hmm. and they're called autoimmune okay. diseases. Now, Mm -hmm. what is that? An autoimmune disease is basically when your own immune system recognizes Mm -hmm. your parts of your body, like your joints or skin or heart, and it basically attacks itself as if it was like a Mm -hmm. virus or some kind of foreign invader. Okay. We also deal with other disorders like, you know, simple tendon strains, tendinitis, bursitis, Mm -hmm. and anything dealing with the muscles. So like any kind of muscle Mm -hmm. inflammation as well. And then bone disease like osteoporosis and osteopenia, Mm -hmm. which can occur Mm -hmm. in older people and other people with certain risk factors. So we kind of cover the musculoskeletal system. Oh, okay, cool. So go ahead and define for us or let us know rather what conditions are categorized as autoimmune diseases, because I'm pretty sure we have some people listening that may not know that certain conditions are in fact autoimmune diseases. So that's a good question. I get a lot of this from many people, what exactly is an autoimmune disease? So some of the most common examples are rheumatoid arthritis, systemic mm. lupus or lupus, usually seen in a lot of African-American yep. females. We have psoriatic mm, arthritis, wow. so a type of arthritis that's seen with psoriasis, a skin disorder. But then we also mm-hmm. have other diseases like diabetes, which is obviously very common in the United States, 
Graves' mm-hmm. disease or thyroid disease, as well as inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune neurological disease. So there are a mm-hmm. lot of diseases that are fitting into this category. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I'm in the medical field, so I've heard of a lot of them, and I'm sure some people have as well. They probably haven't um, thought of them as autoimmune diseases. So I have a history of um, having like inflammation in my body where the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And they were talking about lupus and they were talking about rheumatoid arthritis based on the symptoms I was having. And thank God, you know, they were markers that they could test for and they came back negative. But based on my symptoms, you know, they were scaring the living daylights out of me. I didn't know whether I had any of this in my family history either. So are there general signs for people to look out for when it comes to autoimmune diseases? That is a great question, Joanne. Yes, there are some signs and symptoms that if you have for more than a few weeks, you really should seek help from your internal medicine or rheumatologist to make sure you at least Mm -hmm. don't have an autoimmune disease. So some of the common symptoms are fatigue. So we all have fatigue as a mother. You know, I have fatigue Mm, every day. But when you have debilitating fatigue where you can't carry on your daily function, you can't carry out your daily activities for more than a few weeks, then you really should seek help. Also, really, anytime Hmm. you have like excessive dry eyes or dry mouth. Again, this can mean other diseases like thyroid disease. But Uh Sjogren's syndrome is one of the autoimmune diseases that's characterized by this. Anytime you have joint pain, joint swelling, joint redness, Mm -hmm. lasting for more than a few weeks. Again, if you're exercising and you're in physical active shape, you may have these strains and muscle strains and joint pain. But when anything's excessive or lasts for a few weeks, you want to think about that. Any Mm -hmm. rashes that last longer for a week or acute and debilitating Hmm. or scarring, you may want to consider autoimmune disease. Ongoing fevers without any explanation Mm -hmm. or without an infectious cause should be considered. Muscle aches, muscle weakness. So Mm -hmm. there really are so many signs and symptoms that can maybe Uh suggest an autoimmune disease. And it's just good to follow up with a physician because not only will they listen to your symptoms and do physical exams to see if there's anything abnormal, but then as you mentioned before, there are lab tests that you know you can look for that can suggest mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease and also inflammation markers that if they are elevated may prompt the rheumatologist to do more testing. Right. So basically if anything's ongoing for more than a couple of weeks, get it checked out because a lot of these signs and symptoms, they can cross over to something else that's not an autoimmune disease, but you want to make exactly. sure. Absolutely. And exactly. also there are some other symptoms that, you know, when you get immediately, you just want to get checked out anyway, chest pain, mm-hmm. acute shortness of breath, wheezing, coughing up mm-hmm. blood. These are symptoms that you want to pay immediate attention to. And, but they can also cross over into autoimmune diseases because many people mm-hmm. don't realize that autoimmune diseases may carry higher risk of heart disease as well as lung mm. disease. So that, those so are true. symptoms that, you know, you really want to pay attention to. And this month, February, we just had I mean, heart health awareness, heart, month health. And heart mm-hmm. disease awareness month, obviously very prevalent in the African-American race. These are mm-hmm. symptoms that you don't want to wait on. So if you're having chest pain, chest pressure, for even more than a day or two that's uncomfortable, seek help. Oh, okay. So my next question is, how do autoimmune diseases actually begin? Is there some type of genetic composition? Is there some type of stress or infection that causes it to occur? 
There's so many theories about what causes autoimmune diseases, and scientists and researchers are still trying to figure it out the exact cause. But there are mm-hmm. many theories. So you mentioned some of them. One it could be a, a virus or some kind of trigger, infectious trigger that makes mm-hmm. you know cause your immune system oh, okay. to become overactive or hyperactive, and then cause mm. inflammation in the organs or joints. There is also this theory about genetic susceptibility. So we all have genes, but there are certain genes that have to be present in certain disorders like rheumatoid arthritis or something mm-hmm. called ankylosing spondylitis or even lupus that are mm-hmm. present. And then there's a triggering event and the two together mm-hmm. can cause autoimmune diseases. So a lot of times it's not just one thing or the other. It's usually a multitude of factors that exist in one patient or one individual that can cause this. Now, also females are more prone to have autoimmune diseases. So there are theories Mm. that hormones may play a role as well as the genetic factor or the X chromosome. And we all know that women have two X chromosomes. And so Mm -hmm. that may be also a potential factor in developing autoimmune diseases. And lastly, there are medications as well. So for drug-induced lupus, there are certain medications that, um, like hydralazine, which is a blood pressure medication, INH, which is a medication used for tuberculosis. There's some antibiotics. There are Mm -hmm. medications that can, again, induce the immune system to produce antibodies or proteins, and that can cause the autoimmune disease. Wow. Wow. I didn't even think about the medication when it came to like, you know, you're somebody who just has high blood pressure and going about taking the medications that's been given to them and then bam, trigger occurs. And now I'm dealing with something else. That's just crazy. So how do you think uh, about autoimmune diseases and gut health? I'm a gut health person. I do a lot of gut health therapies in my practice. How do autoimmune diseases overall relate to your gut? So in recent years, the gut and the joints and the immune system has been a major topic. And we are seeing mm-hmm. that in interruptions or overgrowth of bacteria in the gut or poor mm-hmm. gut health definitely can translate into the immune system being hyperactive, which leads to mm-hmm. gut inflammation. And then that can eventually lead to mm-hmm. organ inflammation as well and joint mm-hmm. inflammation. So I do recommend taking care of your gut, you know, just in general for your health, Mm -hmm. but again, to help maybe make sense autoimmune diseases, or at least if you do have an autoimmune disease, it can help you lead a healthier life. So I do recommend sometimes for my patients, again, to limit red meat, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to limit some dairy products, engage in a plant-based diet where they're eating more Mm -hmm. legumes and whole grains oils, seeds, as well as other types of protein, like fish. So we know that Mm -hmm. fish like salmon and tuna, they have omega fatty acids in it, which are helpful Mm -hmm. in decreasing inflammation. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I talk about this stuff all the time. I I highly believe that the gut is the gateway to health. If your gut is damaged, it starts affecting other parts of your body. And the first primary thing that anyone can do is try to consume a plant-based whole foods type of diet. That's like the predominant foods that you eat as opposed to the excessively processed stuff. So yes, you're speaking our language over here. (laughs) And also to remember, a lot of people have celiac disease, which is a a disease with gluten sensitivity. And again, it is Mm -hmm. considered an 
autoimmune disease because there are proteins that are gen auto antibodies or proteins that are generated. So again, mm -hmm. making sure that the gut is healthy, that your gut is not mm -hmm. um, leaky can help with that, as well as with IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, which is seen right. in also have colitis. So not right. only does it help with heart health, remember again, you want a lot of these autoimmune diseases have increased risk of heart disease. So by engaging mm -hmm. a plant-based diet and Mediterranean diet, you can help with your heart health as well as protect your gut and decrease your inflammation risk. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can like an autoimmune disease be reversed or be put into remission, I should say? So there are no cures for autoimmune diseases as of right now. However, mm -hmm. the goal for a physician as well as a, a patient is to try to get the disease into remission. And how can mm -hmm. we do that? Mm -hmm. Well, part of it is seeking treatment. So diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, there are treatments out there that can help decrease inflammation and help prevent mm -hmm. joint damage or help, you know, slow down organ damage. And mm -hmm. once the physicians, individual with, you know, minimal symptoms, their blood mm -hmm. tests look good, their inflammation markers mm -hmm. are down in lupus patients, they haven't developed kidney disease or other organ damage for a sustained amount of period, they may be placed in oh, remission. Okay. But mm -hmm. we are still trying to see if things can be reversed. You know, there are studies, but as of now, there are no True. cures. True. It's really just okay. trying to find the best treatment to put you in remission. Gotcha. And that's why it's important to find out if something's mm -hmm. going on early on instead of waiting and then damage has been done or irreparable damage has been done. And, you know, you could have saved yourself some a pain early on if you had went to the doctor, y'all, because we don't be trying to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I have a problem with my, my parents and other individuals in my family who just wait and wait and be on top of myself to make sure I'm keeping my appointments, you know, monitoring symptoms, especially as we get older. But we do know a lot of these autoimmune diseases affect women mm -hmm. in their childbearing mm -hmm. ages. So between, you know, 18 and up to 50, these women are being affected. So not only do we want these women to try and see a physician, because a lot of times women symptoms are dismissed. You know, if they're feeling obviously fatigue or maybe a little low or they have joint pain and muscle aches, many times they are being dismissed. And I always tell my patients to be their best mm. advocates and keep mm. pushing on and ask your um, doctor to test you for these autoimmune diseases because you never know. And many times as well, the diagnosis is not very easy to make. So sometimes people do not present with everything at one point. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. symptoms here and there, and then they check their blood work and it becomes positive later on. So it's important to be vigilant. If you really truly believe that there's something, you know, amiss with your, you know, with your body. Hey guys, Kim here. I wanted to take a quick sack and introduce you guys to Jojo's guilt-free chocolate. So like if you hear like crumpling in the background, I actually have the chocolate package here with me because hey, that's what I'm snacking on at this time. But I'll be honest with y'all, when Jojo's originally reached out with their guilt-free chocolate that had zero grams of sugar, I was like, oh, I wonder how this tastes but I promise you it did not disappoint. I got the ghost Hawaiian flavor that has like the coconut shreds and the sea salt and the macadamia nuts 
and this low sugar chocolate snack actually did satisfy my sugar cravings and that's important for me because i'm a person that works a lot with individuals that have diabetes and i don't believe that everything should taste like cardboard and sadness like if you're having a sugar craving there are healthier options out there and jojo's actually did it for me so one bar of the chocolate, which is a pretty big piece in my opinion, has 14 grams of total carbohydrates and three grams of net carbs. So in other words, it can fit into any healthy diet or nutrition plan. So what Joanne and I did, we actually decided after taste trialing, of course, to team up with JoJo's to give you guys some discounts. So if you go on the jojoschocolate.com websites, there's a variety, there's an assortment of different flavors that you can choose from. So whatever you choose to order, at checkout, use the coupon code NutritionLifestyles10 for 10% off of your next purchase. So again, at checkout, use the coupon code NutritionLifestyles10 to get 10% off of your next order at JoJo's Chocolate. And trust me, it doesn't disappoint. So since you're talking about pregnancy, can pregnancy be like a trigger for autoimmune conditions? Because I feel like a lot of the clients I work with who are women, of course, that are um, coming to me for some kind of inflammation, autoimmune condition that they're trying to manage, they say to me, you know, symptoms started after I had my child. Yes, it's such a common complaint that I do hear. A lot of women after they have kids may start to develop, you know, joint pain or again, the fatigue, a rash, any of these other symptoms. And again, I mentioned in the beginning that hormones may play a role in triggering mm -hmm. diseases. So obviously there's an imbalance of your hormones during pregnancy. And then when you deliver, there's another shift. So these hormones can play a role again in triggering an autoimmune disease, especially lupus mm. um, for rheumatoid arthritis as well. During pregnancy, your symptoms may get better, but that's what they've mm -hmm. seen. But after pregnancy, they relapse or you flare. So paying oh, wow. any woman who comes in with any complaints after pregnancy is always tested for an autoimmune disease, specifically wow. lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Wow, that is great information to know with the hormone shifts and imbalances and things of that nature. So the next question that I have for you is, in the United States, is there one autoimmune disease that is more prevalent than another? Yes. Yeah, so uh, multiple sclerosis, again, I mentioned before, is a common autoimmune disease. Diabetes, you right. know, a lot of people don't, you know, think diabetes right. is an autoimmune disease. Now, now there's type 1 and type 2. So there mm -hmm. is a difference, but the type 1 is right. definitely considered autoimmune disease. There are a lot of people with thyroid disease, autoimmune thyroid disease that goes unnoticed. And that's very prevalent. Mm -hmm. In my field, especially, I see a lot of lupus. I would say lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's syndrome are all autoimmune diseases that are prevalent. And they primarily affect African-American females, Afro-Caribbean females, Hispanics and Latin Americans, as well as Chinese or Asian Americans. Okay. So those wow. are in the black community or minority communities overall, are, is, are there more autoimmune diseases that are more prevalent or are those the only ones? Those are the ones that we really see a lot. Lupus is three to four times more prevalent wow. in minority communities and rheumatoid arthritis as well. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, there are other diseases, but they're not as prevalent, but I would say lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. And again, Sjogren's syndrome, that's a disease of Venus Williams had. Uh, mm-hmm. She came out a few years ago, you know, when she was about to play a tennis tournament, she was feeling mm-hmm. joint aches, dry eyes, dry mouth, fa- extreme fatigue, some neurological mm-hmm. symptoms, and then was diagnosed with Sjogren's syndrome. So these, again, are the diseases mm-hmm. that I really, again, any young African-American, Afro-Caribbean, or any minority female comes into my office, I'm immediately always ruling those diseases out. Yeah, I definitely remember that with Venus Williams, because that's, I feel like that was one of the first times I ever heard about Sjogren's. It was early on in my career. I probably was just getting out of my internship when she came out. And I love that kind of stuff because it puts more information out there when people see a celebrity speaking about it. It kind of makes it more, okay, it's not just me. And there are things that I can do because she's surviving it. She's doing well. I can too, if I too am diagnosed. So I love that, that she put it out there and right. she didn't have to put all that information out there. Yeah, she's so, my favorite. And she's, you know, she's yeah. very vocal. I mean, on Instagram, especially last year, she was posting her workouts almost daily. I was doing, I was doing mm-hmm. the workouts with her. She's such a great example of someone who can, you know, obviously she has her struggles with fatigue mm-hmm. and joint pain, but she is living a healthy lifestyle and she is right. able to carry on daily activities, which a lot of people with autoimmune diseases don't feel like they can do. So mm-hmm. she's definitely one of them. Tony Braxton was another one. Oh yeah. The day who, you know, was very vocal about her struggles with lupus and lupus. her heart mm-hmm. disease associated with lupus. So Nick Cannon, he's got lupus and kidney disease. So there are definitely people out there speaking up about this and, you know, definitely drawing more attention to these autoimmune diseases. Right. Absolutely. I I was thinking about Nick Cannon when you were um, speaking of Tony Braxton, because, you know, with lupus, there's your, of course, you know, I'm saying, you know, of course, you know, (laughs) Um, with lupus uh, for the people out there, it can attack different organs in your body. It's not always the same thing. Some people have the heart issues. Some people have the kidney issues and there's also skin issues, right? That people can have associated with lupus. This is a very complex disease. And as you mentioned, it really can range. There are people who just have skin, skin disorders, but then there's Mm -hmm. the range where people can just have joint pain and maybe a rash. And then you have Mm -hmm. severe lupus where you can have your kidneys be affected, your lungs and heart, as well as your neurological symptoms. There's also a clotting disorder called antiphospholipid syndrome, which is seen with Mm -hmm. lupus. And these patients or individuals may be at risk for clots. And then for pregnant women, they're at risk for miscarriages, as well as maternal complications like HELP syndrome or preeclampsia and eclampsia. So we all know that, you know, there's a big morbidity and mortality in black females during Mm -hmm. their pregnancies. So again, Mm -hmm. these are all things that we have to be really cognizant of and take immediate and vigilant attention. So that way, mm-hmm. these, you know, this complications do not occur. I agree. Absolutely. So the next question that I have is if someone suspects that they have an autoimmune disease, is there any tips that you can give them? I would say some of the things I would do as an individual or patient is start writing down your symptoms. I know a lot of times when Mm. you get to the doctor, people become flustered, they're stressed, Mm -hmm. and they forget these pertinent symptoms that can help Mm -hmm. the physician come to a diagnosis. Remember, it's not always blood tests. 
there's a physical exam as well as clinical history and clinical history mm-hmm. as they taught us in med school is really the number one thing that's needed. So write down mm-hmm. your symptoms. Again, ask your doctor, do your research, ask them to check for it. Because again, a lot of females are dismissed in terms of mm-hmm. their symptoms. So ask them to check mm-hmm. for it, become knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Then if you are diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, I would say learn about the disease because as you mentioned, there's so many complications with a lot of these diseases. It's not only about your joints or joint swelling, which obviously can be very debilitating, but you mm-hmm. want to prevent other complications like you right. mentioned, the heart and lungs, skin, neurological. So become very knowledgeable about your disease. Take your medication. Have a discussion with your doctor about what medications are best for you. A medication for an older man is going to be very different from a woman in her childbearing years because she's got to Mm -hmm. worry about complications if she becomes pregnant or things Mm -hmm. dealing with infertility. So, Mm -hmm. you know, or even steroids, self-image issues where, you know, a lot of these women gain, they gain weight and Mm -hmm. hair, you know, they have hair growth and, you know, bloating. So these, you know, it really depends on the individual. And then make sure you have follow-up appointments. So that's one of the things a lot, you know, especially in young individuals, you feel like you're invincible and that you don't need, you know, you may not need the medication or that Mm -hmm. you can, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe postpone. Make sure you leave your doctor's office with a follow-up visit, especially patients with autoimmune diseases. They should be following up every three to four months, really keeping tabs. And now with virtual visits, Mm -hmm. it's easier Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. You may want to go in twice a year, but- you know, continue with the um, telehealth visit. And then lastly, as you mentioned, the lifestyle modifications are key. If you're smoking, stop today because we do know (laughs) that again, smoking can trigger certain um, autoimmune diseases as well as Mm -hmm. trigger inflammation in the body, you know, reduce alcohol intake, make sure you move too, right? Part of reducing your heart risk and increasing your joint mobility is moving. So Mm -hmm, at least mm -hmm. 150 minutes a week. So you can do little spurts every day to achieve that goal. And then just, Mm -hmm. we mentioned before eating a healthy diet, you know, packed with omega three fatty acids, lentils, soups, good oils. You want good fats, right? doesn't mean you have to Mm -hmm. eliminate all fats and dairies, but again, just making sure you have a good diet. Absolutely. Those are some awesome tips. And we often talk about this here on the podcast is that, you know, if you go see a physician and they are not listening to you and you feel like you're not being heard, find someone else. You can do that. You don't have to like stay with the person if they are not listening and you're, you don't feel like you're being heard. That is a great advice. And I tell my patients that too, you know, it's a relationship. Any doctor, physician, patient relationship is a yep. relationship. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not a great fit. And I always advocate to my patients, right. seek a second Correct. opinion. If they're not, you know, for whatever reason, and if they're not happy or satisfied, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that you find someone that you click with because they're, right. that's going to be important in your follow-up care. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, also have questions, have a dialogue. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. physicians and patients don't know what each other are thinking as well. Right. So it's always good to, you know, communicate like any relationship, have a dialogue. If you feel like your physician is not hearing you out completely. 
Absolutely. And that's the same thing we talk about here on the podcast as dietitians. We may not be a, a good fit and we need, you know, you need to be comfortable enough to tell me some information. Mm-hmm. Some people, if they don't have that True. relationship with the other person, their provider, it's not going to happen. And then you're going to start hiding stuff from me and then I can't really help you, you know? Right. Right, right. <laughs> so, Dr. Maggie Cadet, I feel like we just tapped, like just with our fingertip touched on all the good yes. information and wealth of knowledge that you have. And we may need to have you back on here so we can get deeper into a lot of the stuff that's really affecting our communities. But where can people find you if they have questions, if they just want to learn more? Where can they find you? Yes, I'm on Instagram. I do a lot of my teaching about autoimmune diseases because you know people like to scroll on social media and it's you know uh. they get their little quick posts every day and i deal <laughs> you know talk about autoimmune diseases health uh fitness you know i'm talking mm. about minority health and healthcare disparities a lot lately so you can find me at dr maggie Cadet on instagram c-a-d-e-t is how you spell my last name and then i have my mm. own website too where i post all these topics in depth so that is www.maggiecadetmd.com. So please come check it out. Make room for rheumatology, as my website says. Mm-hmm. Yes, make room for rheumatology. I like that because things are becoming more prevalent and we need more information. So thank you, Dr. Maggie, for being on a podcast and giving us all of this wealth of knowledge. Everyone out there, thank you for listening. Please make sure to tell somebody to listen to our podcast. And we will see you guys back next time. Bye. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye.